0: I saw this article over on a website I had not heard of. I think it was Self Incorporated. I didn't even know you could get .inc as an extension on a website. But, hey, learn something new every day. Anyways, this article talks about how uh, COVID has changed spending habits. And I've wondered this for a long time, and I don't know if you can define it metrically. Which is my contention, though, that social media and the way that it's, the way that advertising was done on social media for a long time has changed spending habits or saving habits. You saw probably around, you know, 2015 to about, maybe even 2014 to about twenty. 19 maybe 2020 and you still see it somewhat but you know you had the advertisements with the the Ty Lopez with the famous knowledge advertisement where he was talking about how he had his new Lamborghini here but he (laughs) that he talked about how knowledge was more important and he always had the looking girl and you know you had to buy bitcoin and his course for 997 and you know whatever um I wonder if that wrote people the wrong way because you had a lot of people in the 18 to 24 year old uh, entrepreneurial slash salesman demographic that some, some of them took that to heart and they bought these courses and they, they tried their hardest to make it work and they just simply, they couldn't because the information was either deficient or, um, was the course was more set up to make the guy who created it rich and not necessarily the uh, the person who bought it, and the advertising was all this flash and and sizzle and not really a whole lot of steak. But now that we're on the other side of this, now that we've been through an economic crisis, now that for people, you know, for I'll admit, for people my age, this is our first real big economic. Um, crisis collapse even if you can talk about the politics about it but the reality is it happened and does that marketing make people a little bit more jaded and when people are more jaded and, and not willing to take risks I think you can see their saving habits change and the current financial push in terms of saving is your mutual funds, four oh one Ks, all that stuff that we talk about, that are tax deferred, that are have advisor fees that stunt the growth of the account. And I wonder if this savings push that this article talks about is somewhat attributed to that cynicism around that kind of advertising. That people are more worried about saving and not spending to to get rich and get the flashy car and all that stuff. And I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't hate saving at all. I just think it's more important where your money is than what it earns or could potentially earn. And I want to use this time then to jump to rate of return. We talked about this in an earlier uh, segment way way back and we talked about uh, real versus actual rate of return um, and, and and it was one of our better received uh, episodes and uh, if you haven't seen it I'd recommend going back and, and searching for it especially if you're on the Kevin Prendeville show hub uh, you can find it pretty easily but it's important to look at how advisor fees affect this rate of return because again that's how these products are sold We're sold on that percentage. I can get you 12 instead of 8. I can get you 8 instead of 6. I can get you 9 instead of 7. Whatever numbers you want to throw out. That's how these plans are sold. That's how the industry teaches you to sell them. When mutual fund rate of returns are calculated, and then we'll get into how advisor fees affect um affects plans you know in mutual funds when they show the past performance and they say that this is the average rate of return on the account they'll go back to like the 80s so you have the huge tech boom years in there now you do have some economic crashes sure but when you compound that out the the actual average rate of return is much lower these are due to some of the internal mechanics of the plans. For instance, when you put a call in or, or ask for a trade for a certain stock, that doesn't get executed until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's just how the plans work. Again, we've talked about you're investing more so in the advisor and the fund managers than you are the actual stock. And you're hoping in many cases when it comes to the mutual funds that they're distributed evenly, accurately, and how the plan um, was advertised to you. Now, I'm not saying that they, by and large, are not. I mean, many of the, the, the funds, whether they're more conservative or more aggressive, are pretty upfront about that. But you have to make sure that when you make that decision that you fully understand the ramifications of that. And so when we talk about this right of return, we also have to talk about advisor fees. Because, you see, I'm sure you've seen the, you know, Charles Schwab advertisements and all that stuff about how they only charge one percent or whatever and, and how little the advisor makes on the account and, you know, it means they just care about you. Yet yeah, the advisor makes a pretty hefty sum, but that, again, if your money's doing well, I think the person who's managing it should do well uh, in addition. The problem is because that money comes out of the account... If you calculate the opportunity cost and how that affects your compound interest, the effects are actually drastic. Now, there's this whole huge uh, uh, mathematical model that um, John Vogel did and uh, his team. And it, it's great. You can find it. I, I wrote about it in Smoke and Mirrors. It's a really interesting look at how advisor fees affect the outcome of mutual funds or funds and equity funds in general. Just look at the review of the data that Vogel compiled uh, in investing.com. This was written by uh, Jacob W. Jarek, who's a PhD uh, over in Europe. Look, it says John Vogel... Uh, who is the founder and former CEO of Vanguard, referred to this whole thing as the tyranny of compounded costs because in some cases the effects of those costs are so oppressive that you may lose half of your investment to fees over your lifetime. Half. We're not talking about market crashes. We're not talking about taxes. We're not talking about any of the things that affect your investment in general. These 1% fees add up and they add up quickly. My point here, and to tie it in with the beginning when we're talking about uh, young people and saving, is we really should be worried about where their money is. Because to me, that's more important than what it could earn. Because you see all of these factors that are not advertised that go into these accounts. And they have very real consequences. This has been your financial lesson for the day. Uh, again, I thank you for inviting me into your home, office, or wherever you're listening to us. Uh, and I'm sure the fine companies, Stitcher, Apple, uh, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this, however you're listening to this, I'm sure they appreciate your business as well. I'm Kevin Prendeville, and we'll be back tomorrow on Wednesday the 24th with another edition of The Kevin Prendeville Show.